Hello there, you're listening to the Park Crush Podcast. This is a Theme Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me as ever is Josh. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there, how's it going? Excellent. Yes. Um, no. Uh, you may be able to tell. It's a Theme Park film review kind of week, Josh. <laughs> it sure is, Tom. We committed to this ridiculous idea some months ago. Yeah. And we've stuck to it diligently. And it's gone on longer than I had anticipated because I thought, well, the film we're talking about today, I was unaware of its of its existence until fairly recently. I thought we were going to be able to stop after the Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror. Yes. The yes. film based on the ride that was based on the TV show. Yes. I thought we were stopping there. But then a wild mission to Mars appears. Whoa. Bum, bum, bum. And all of a sudden, we have a film I never knew existed, based on a ride I never knew existed, but was a Disney attraction Yes, in Tomorrowland. It was. It was a thing. It apparently did inspire this film. Yeah. And so we are contractually obliged. There's not actually a contract, but we are it's all... It's a verbal but... contract. Verbal contract. Exactly. It's an we agreement gave we've come to... Yes. to the... Listeners, our committed the globe. listeners. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, the last time we did a theme park film review, yeah, inspired by Tomorrowland, did quite well. It went down a storm. So I'm oh. hoping for similar success. Yes, with Mission to Mars, which was a Tomorrowland attraction. It was. So can confirm. Yes, as we always like to do. I say like, that might be putting it a little strongly, as we do when we do <laughs> theme park film reviews. We start with the history of the attraction that has inspired the film, Yep, which is what we are going to do again here. So, Mission to Mars. Yes. Please allow me to consult my extensive note. Extensive. He has... Been typing away. I was typing away while we were watching this film. So Tip just for um, disclosure, we've just watched the film as yeah. of recording for the first time. Your computer already wants to turn off to save energy. It knows that this is a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. It wants us to go and do something better, more productive with our lives. We're not having it, nope. computer. We're here to stay to talk about Mission to Mars. Lucky no one's going to stop us, fans. No one, <laughs> except maybe death. Fans, a, is a bit sweet, strong. sweet early. Timely death, please. <laughs> may may rob me of this, but anyway, let's get cracking. Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars. Josh first opened in 1955 as Rocket to the Moon. Rocket to the Moon at Disneyland. It was changed to Flight to the Moon oh. in 1967. Rocket a bit strong, and then changed to Mission to Mars in 1975. The reason being that by that stage, humanity, of course, had already been to the moon. Yeah. So there was a little bit less mystique and glamour. Yeah, boring, know. done that. Yeah, we, why are we doing a ride based on yeah. something that we've already yeah. done or for real? We, we want a, a form of escapism. Let's was change it. Was it just Stanley Kubrick all along? Maybe it was. Mm. Maybe it was. Maybe if Stanley Kubrick made this film, it would have been better. I mean, you'd like to think so. Stanley Kubrick, I hear, is pretty good at this whole film directing malarkey. Oh, but, hey, Brian De Palma directed Mission to Mars, as we will get to. By the way, though... Like, Good CV, directed Scarface. Don't know if you've heard of it. Small film. Um, the first Mission Impossible, that's, like, pretty decent. 
Don't know that franchise. No? No. Fair enough. Like an indie film, was it? Sorry? Like an indie film. Indie yeah, film. basically Indiana yeah. Jones, but with a shorter hero. <laughs> um, so when it got changed to Mission to Mars in 1975, NASA were apparently involved in the design Ooh. of the show. So it's kind of, it's part show, part ride. Yes. But I guess the, the to give the best idea to people who, who aren't aware of it, of what it was like, it was replaced by the extraterrestrial encounter. Yes. Which, Which was... then became Stitch's Great Escape. Yes. At Magic Kingdom, anyway. Yeah. So the Disneyland version was shut. And just permanent. as I will get to, was then never replaced by oh. another ride. But um, Brutal. Uh, the the show, Mission to Mars, it was... You had a pre-show. There was an audio animatronic director called Mr. Johnson who oh. would kind of brief you on the task at hand. I don't know what his first name was, that information was not available to me during my extensive scouring of Wikipedia. So, I don't know. It could have been Dwayne Johnson, for all I know. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. If there's ever a reboot to be done about Mission to Mars, Mission to Mars 2, Return to Mars, or something like that, maybe Dwayne Johnson could take on the role of this uh, this director. Um, So, you get your briefing from Mr. Johnson, then you get aboard your spacecraft... And much like extraterrestrial, you're in that sort of circular room, yeah. and the, the there are screens, I think, on the ceiling and in front of yeah. you, yeah. so that you can kind of look out these windows into space as your spacecraft approaches Mars. The seats move and whatnot. Yes, I remember that. Eventually, you have a uh, an accident of sorts oh, no. and forced to return to Earth. So oh. that's the kind of um, the setup for the original attraction at Disneyland. And it also came to Magic Kingdom, but it closed at Disneyland in 1992 because of those extraterrestrial plans. Michael Eisner had big oh, ambitions for hello. a new Tomorrowland. But part of the reason they had to scale it back was because apparently the Disneyland Paris project, which was known as Euro Disney back then. It was. It was running into huge debts and spiralling costs. And <laughs> Just a little. kind of affected some of the plans at the other Disney parks. Absolute chaos building that Disneyland Paris. Was it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are you are you something of a Disneyland Paris historian? Uh, I know some of it. Um, we just talk about Disneyland Paris. Oh uh, yeah, it's not any worse. Mm. Basically, where they built it basically wasn't fit for purpose. They had to redo all the land. Um, or they should have known how to do that, considering Walt Disney World built in a swamp. But yeah, it's just you know spiraling debts, government issues. So that massively changed the 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 plans for New Tomorrowland at Disneyland, and because of that, the Mission to Mars was never. Redone. Replaced, Ooh. and is now and has been for a while now, uh, some sort of pizza place, oh. pizza restaurant. Oh, so there we are. Is it called Pizza Planet? Um, not that I know of. Oh, but a Magic Kingdom, it did become the extraterrestrial encounter. It did alien and extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial. Um, did you ever do that? I did. Was it scary? It seems like a weird thing to have at a Disney park. Uh, Magic Kingdom. It was quite. It was. It was like dimly lit. Hmm. You know, the alien sort of... It was like green lighting, as you would sort of imagine alien to be. In the middle is a glass tube where the alien appears, and then the alien breaks out of the tube. Right. And he's meant to be, like, prowling round. But you're locked in. You've got an over-the-shoulder harness. Yeah. And you can hear, like, it, like, breathes on your shoulder. Right. But, like, at diff- but not everyone at once. Yeah. So, at different places around the room. So, you can hear screams around the room. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's actually. It was actually. I thought quite cleverly done. It was. It was. A, it's a weird 
thing to have at Magic Kingdom, though. I mean, yeah, I think having Alien represented at any Disney park is a little strange because it's you know a fifteen, maybe even eighteen rated horror film, yeah, and then even the sequel is. You know, a pretty gory action film. Yeah, I mean, the something... first one is also in the Great Movie Ride as well, isn't it? Well, yeah, or and even was. that sequence in the Great Movie Ride was always quite sort of chilling. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Great Movie Ride. Yeah. But yeah, even that sequence was quite chilling. I found mm. you had that the Sigourney Weaver up against the wall, looking yep. real scared, and then the alien coming down from the ceiling above you. Yes. Um, the alarm bell ringing and all the sort of red flashing lighting and the smoke effects and stuff. So that was pretty intense for a Disney attraction as well. But it did eventually, um, back to extraterrestrial now, did eventually become Stitch's Great Escape. Yes. Which was bad from what I can recall. I did do yeah, that one. Yeah, that is basically the same, but think a lot of that. he farts and it's a lot brighter, so it's not anywhere near as scary. Right, yeah. What is that now? Is that that's shut, right? Yeah, uh, so sometimes it's used as a meet and greet for Stitch. Right. Like the opening or the exit to the ride is sometimes used as a meet and greet. Yeah. I believe at Halloween, on Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween, you can you just basically walk through and they just hand sweets to you. But the building is pretty much underused or yeah. not yeah. used at all. Not used at all as far as I'm aware. That's a shame. They could do something in there, you would have thought. Yeah, I think there were some rumours of some plans coming up, but don't think anything concrete was placed. Right. Yeah. Well, inevitably they will do a Lilo and Stitch live-action remake yes. in about 10 years. Maybe, Maybe that will be the time to bring yeah. to bring it back. Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. One can only hope. Mm, exactly. Or dream. Yes. Um. So, yeah. This film then, Mission to Mars, came out in 2000. It was apparently yeah. based on this original Mission to Mars attraction. Yeah. I, um, according to... A bit of a tenuous link, the, I think. Was it Disney... Oh My Disney. Oh My Disney, which is a Disney... Official Disney mm. website. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're stretching, aren't they? They're reaching. I think so. It's but, a tenuous link. but no, Very much so. I guess someone does go to Mars... It is a mission. It is a mission, and they have to get back from Mars. That involves going to Mars. Yes, you're right. You are right there. Um, So, as I said, directed by Brian De Palma, who uh, Mission Impossible and Scarface, as I said. He did Carrie as well, the original Carrie. He's got like a weirdly varied CV. Um, Eclectic. Very much so. Very much so. And there's like a decent cast attached to this film as well, like Don Cheadle's in it, Tim Robbins, an assortment of other... like. Pretty big stars. Every time I think of Don Cheadle, all I can think of is Don Cheadle in the Oceans films. <laughs> with his terrible English accent. Uh, you mean brilliant English accent? Sorry, yes. Come on now. Barney Rubble. Trouble. I want to say you've done that impression on this podcast before. Oh, I'm trying to remember the context for it. God. Unless I've just he- heard you do it in other contexts I so often that now I just it. think I've heard you do it I do anywhere and everywhere. I do it all the time. All the, I love all that the time. One. Because he also then does an impression of an American. Right. Because he's meant to be an American stunt driver in three. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. So he's American playing a Brit who then ends up doing an impression of an American. Yeah. So it's his ridiculous British yeah. accent then contorted yeah. into back into an American accent. Yeah. He says, he's, I'm, I'm a goddamn American icon. Right. Yeah. Oh, Don. So Don Cheadle. Yeah. Him and a team of other astronauts. Yeah. Go on a mission to Mars. There's a French lady. There's a French lady. 
Uh, this is in the year 2020. Too nondescript. That's that's next year. That's next year. So when this film came out, that was probably like far-flung future. Is that what Trump is basing? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> Trump is a massive fan of Mission to Mars, and that's why yeah. he's told NASA, you got to get, get your ass to Mars <laughs> <laughs> by 2020. And uh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but maybe... Oh. Maybe this is the thi- maybe this is what it's all about. Maybe, maybe. I'd almost have more respect for him if his entire space <laughs> program is based, based on, on mission, to, mission Mars. to Mars. Wow, fair play. Wow, if my journalism career ever takes me to the White House and he's still the president, I'm ask. making that my first question. <laughs> I don't care about your hostile immigration policies or potential war with North Korea. I just want to know. Is your space program based on Mission to Mars? <laughs> Spill the beans. There's a huge story waiting to be told. Did you um, see he's uh, redesigning the, the uh, Air Force One and he's painting it the same colours as Trump, as the Trump private jet? I didn't know that. Yeah. Right. And then presumably it will just have to be repainted again if, if and when he is deposed uh, as president. No, I think, I mean, uh, maybe. Because it's a lot of money. So. It is. Because they're getting you, they're getting you uh, planes. Oh, okay, so it's going to be... He's asked for a specific paint job yeah. for the new well, plane. He's it's, not repainting it's, an existing one. No, it's patriotic, but it's it's white with a red line and blue at the bottom, but the, the Trump plane is identical. Right. Basically. Okay, well, fair enough. Yeah. Well, that as I say, that's something I hadn't con- considered, but we'll, we'll wait and see. So Don Cheadle is on this mission. It goes wrong, would you believe? They come up against this Shock. huge sort of vortex, which you put... Correctly pointed out was basically Imhotep from yeah. the Mummy. Yeah, I thought Brendan Fraser was going to appear. Yes, that would have been great. Yeah. actually, that would have been really good. And uh, there are some like weirdly brutal death scenes. Oh, so the French lady who I'm really I feel bad when I can't remember actors' names, but I can't remember her name. Uh, she gets like I guess uh, a bit of Mars rock yeah. uh, jammed into her uh, helmet. Goes through the glass Absolutely visor. Absolutely brutal. The um, indication is that her face just got smashed in yeah. by you this very hefty blood. chunk of, of rock. Like it pans down to the vo- to the rock in the visor afterwards. Yeah, and you can see the blood like splashed against the visor. Yeah, and then another guy gets sucked into the big vortex. Yeah, and his body basically gets ripped apart. That's which is, it looks like something out of Mortal Kombat. That is, that is uh, twisted. It certainly is. Certainly is. I think the only man who might have survived something like that is Bill Paxton. He's the only man who could go up in a rest his soul. He's the only man who could go up into a, a twister of that magnitude and yeah. have to tell the tale. He, he wouldn't have been having none of it. He'd get some Coke cans, cut them up. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So this film is a PG. So immediately I was sort of taken aback by yeah. it. I, I feel like age ratings are kind of... Um, they're weird to look back on sometimes. Like, if Jaws came out today... I don't feel like Jaws would be a PG, which I think is what it was. Um, and this film has some sort of... It's an odd one, because when uh, Robocop first came out, I believe that was an 18. Right. But now is a 15. Yeah. Cause... But you look at a lot of comic book f- films now, for example, that are just 12s by default. Yes. And you look at them all and think, it's pretty inoffensive, really. I mean, yeah, all the action is quite cartoony and they are, uh... the top and... Sort of paint by numbers, though, aren't they? I guess so. We need to hit these specific points so that it's a, exactly a twelve A. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like, there's a bit. I bet they, they're getting a bit more freewheeling with like cursing and stuff in the more recent ones. But I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, for Mission to Mars to be a PG, but have two of the genuinely sort of 
most shocking death scenes I've seen in a film for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, was kind of was, was wild. The third honest. death scene, though, which comes much later, is uh, is also pretty nasty. Yeah. Yeah, there's a guy who's uh, as Tim Robbins, in fact. Yes. He's floating in space. Uh, his uh, wife is it his wife or his uh, uh, his partner, partner whatever. They're separated out in space. Um, she tries to save him with a, like a, a grapple gun, essentially. Yeah. It's not quite long enough. So eventually he's like, look, we can't just stay here forever. You need to save yourself. So he decides to uh, open his helmet. Yeah. And then his face obviously all freezes up and you get a good view of it. And he basically looks like a, uh, Oscar Isaac's apocalypse from X-Men. Yeah. And uh, not in a good way. No. Um, Darth Vader. It, yes. There's a slight Darth Vader vibes. Yeah. Also. He looks like the eraser at the end of a pencil. It's maybe what I would say. <laughs> wow. But um, anyway, we've got ahead of ourselves. Yes, sorry. Uh, Tim Robbins was part of the rescue team. So Don Cheadle is the only survivor Yes. of the Vortex. I don't know how he, like, somehow the, the earth around him buries him. Yeah. And somehow he therefore survives. Well, he's War Machine, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He had a, he had a, a suit stowed away. the button, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. In and... The guy got shot out the sky by the vision yeah. and survived. Yeah, so true. what is a Mars Vortex really? I mean, it's not... Exactly. It's not really He's a goddamn much. American icon. Exactly. Exactly. If anyone can survive it, it's him. Yeah. Bit of Barney. So, yeah, Tim Robbins. Who else gets sent up to save him? Uh, um, Gary Sine- Sinise. Yes, who is in Mission Space. Is that He's right? He's in Mission Space, although he might have been removed now. Right. But, yes. He was... when it. Opened in Mission Space. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of how this film... Because we, we were kind of... Um, I'll be honest, Josh. This theme park film review series has exhausted me at points. <laughs> and I was looking for a way out of this one. It's exhausted me and now. I thought, well, man, is, there, is, this t- is this so tenuous that we could get away with not doing it? Even though we've said on, a, I think, a previous episode that it's on the agenda. And then eventually, I, I guess we kind of dis- decided that, well... I suppose technically it has been at least partly inspired by this ride. Not only that, but in a weird roundabout way, it seems like some of it has lived on in Mission Space. Yes. Specifically through Gary Sinise or whatever being in the pre-show to Mission Space. Although, you think he's not in it now? I think they might have removed him. Right. Because they've changed the green side altogether. It's a different storyline. Okay. Is that the tamer side? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, both sides were... Travelling to Mars. Yeah. Now, the green side is just flying around Earth. Oh. So, it's a completely different story. Fair enough. Um, and I think, obviously, so they had to re-record the pre-show for that. So, they've changed the pre-show for both of them. Right. I think. Ah. Oh, the disrespect. I know. To mad. cut ties to Mission to Mars. Shocking. Did he play the same character? Well, that is... Uh... Well, because by the end of this film, as we... Well, okay. Let's not get ahead of ourselves once again here. Yes. So they go up, and then basically it becomes... I guess, according to Oh My Disney, he is playing a basically identical character. But not the same guy, really. Potentially the same guy. His name is never mentioned in the pre-show. Right. So... Right. We'll we'll, we'll come, we'll circle back around to that, I think. I think we will, yes. So this rescue team, (laughs) consisting of Tim Robbins, Gary Sinise, various others, go up to try and save. They're sent off to save... In another, it's basically Mission to Mars 2 yeah. within the same film. Electric two missions to Mars in yes. the same film. It's quite impressive. There's that guy who really Good loves value. M&Ms. Yeah. And they sort of... They're all a bunch of science nerds. I mean, the thing I will say about this film is that it spends a lot of time on the, the rescue ship with these characters clearly trying to 
you know make them relatable and interesting and likable so that when inevitably they start dying one by one you kind of feel something for them yeah and i guess the film's biggest failing is that it doesn't do that because visually it can be quite spectacular at times i mean the big vortex at the start on mars genuinely looked impressive especially for a film that's almost 20 years old although what i will say is also that i wonder how much of the special effects budget went on that sequence because there are other uh visual effects moments later on in the film which don't really hold up that well uh including when we then we do actually meet a martian yes uh, right at the end and and she kind of looks like a big bronze teaspoon (laughs) um it's one of the uh, one of the white people. <laughs> you think she looks like one of the? Yes, I. Yeah, when you said that, I thought, "What are you talking about?" And then I remembered, I've since remembered that you're talking about the clone, the people that make the clone army. Yes. On uh, Camino. Yes. With the long necks. Yes. You think she looked a bit like that? And now I'm, I'm thinking, yes, um, she looks like one of the Camino aliens who's been in a tanning salon. Yes, that's what that's what the alien that's what the Martian in Mission to Mars ultimately looks like. Um, but yes, there are some impressive Kaminoans. Cam- that that would make sense. Yeah, uh, that they are some impressive visual moments in Mission to Mars. Um, and there, towards the end, it gets very two thousand and one. Like there's a big sort Not of off. statue of presumably some Martian. It's like, like a face. From, yeah, yeah, a face of a Martian that's kind of like. There's some implication that there was once a sort of grand civilization on Mars. Something went wrong. Presumably, something to do with that vortex. Yeah, I mean, we don't find out until we're inside. So the no, so that's the thing, right? So the vortex, yeah, is a like anti burglar. It's like a burglar system, anti burglar system to stop people get into the face. It's like ring. Is that the Amazon thing? Is that what that's called? The door, the ring doorbell. Yeah, Um, I guess so. A very advanced version of that. I guess it's one like, day not only will you be able to see who's at the door it's on like, your Alexa, you'll also be able to summon a whirlwind to burn them away. Is it Adam's family where they press a doorbell and then the floor dropped from underneath them and they fell into the right? It's like that. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So that's what that is. Yes. But all the Martians leave Mars. Yes. Bar one. Bar one. Who are surviving members of the rescue crew eventually meet? But before that, they do find Don Cheadle. Yes. Don Cheadle has gone all raving loony. He's a bit... They, they discover, like, a camp, yeah. essentially, that someone has set up and is growing food and plants yep. and stuff. And Imagine... Um, basically the Martian. The Martian, yeah. Um, it's Matt Damon's but, uh, in there. It's not Matt Damon in there. It's Don Cheadle. Matt and Don hanging out. Oh, yeah, Matt and Don... Yeah, Matt, <laughs> Matt Damon... We, well, I mean, we didn't watch through the end of the credits. Maybe there was a yeah. post credit scene. Danny's off... Danny Ocean's off getting... Uh... <laughs> Maybe there was a post credit scene hinting at the Martian being... Uh, because the Martian's yeah. based on a book. When did the book come out? Was it before? Oh, I don't know. Um, Mission to Mars or I after? I'm just really excited for this new Ocean's 14 film. It sounds like a corker. It certainly does. It certainly does. Brad Pitt's going to be there. <laughs> um, Don Cheadle. He's growing his hair out. He's got a beard. He's going yeah. a bit grey. He's a bit mad. Yeah. He nearly kills Gary Sinise with his um, hammer uh, or whatever it is that yeah, he's got. Yeah, uh, pick. Pick, that was it. But eventually, they kind of comes. He comes to his senses, and they start to sort of think, right? How are we going to get out of this situation? Yeah. He can't quite believe that Gary Sinise and the guys have come to save him. No, it's he quite... thinks he would have been. He was going to be abandoned because he'd been there for about. I think it's like a time jump of about fourteen months or something like that. Yeah, something like that. So they've they've been they've been separated for quite some time. He has no connection with the outside world. No. So uh, 
Sure. He's just surviving for the sake of surviving, I guess. Yeah. And then they've sent out this little rover who looks like Wally. Yeah. Little RC. He's tiny. To kind of uh, survey the scene. Yeah, it's like the size of a laptop. Basically, yeah. And um, that then, I guess, discovers this sort of alien uh, structure. Yeah, the face. Yeah, which is where the last Martian. Yes, it's like it's, it's like if you think out. of a sphinx, but instead of being, it's like facing upwards, and you can't see the rest of its body. Terrible, I, I, terrible analogy. That's I guess. not a great analogy. Yeah, you, you've it's a me, face. You throw me for one there, but, but it's like looking upwards. Right. It's like if you're laying in a swimming pool. Mm. It's like that, but in the sand. Okay, well, look, let's move on. <laughs> so our survivors see basically a. Um, a visualization of what Mars used to be. Yes, and it was this grand inhabited planet. It had water. There was water on Mars, and then it was there basically was a, a, there was a great uh, sort of apocalyptic event. It was uh, the the, basically the dinosaurs, pretty much. Yeah, it was like the dinosaur ride. Kind of was actually. Yeah. yeah. God, there's so many ride references in this film that I just couldn't have, yeah. didn't think of at the time. And uh, yes, yeah, so the Martians flee. They yep. go off to find a new home in the Milky Way somewhere. Yeah. And then there's this last Martian who is a bit unclear. I wasn't sure. Is it? And is he actually there? Is it a Martian that has stayed behind, or is it like a an AI Martian? The impression I got was that it's an alien that stayed behind. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe that is the case. But it might have been an AI because it also might have been because that same alien seemed to send DNA back to Earth. Yeah. In the hope, basically, that one day they. Could it inhabit Mars? I guess like re-inhabit so. Mars yeah. and restore like, it to its former glory. It's like where where we're trying to send people to Earth. They were like, well, Earth can in, can have can sustain life, so we'll send DNA there. Yeah, and that is how uh, life occurred on Earth. Mm. Is what they're trying to say. Yeah, and then the Martians like one of you lads can come with if you want. Yeah, and Gary Sinise is like, yeah, I'll come. Yeah, my wife's dead. Exactly. Oh yeah, because his wife's dead. His wife's way. dead, so he thinks, well, there's, there's nothing left for me yeah. back home. Yeah. So I'm going to um, follow the Martians off into the Milky Way. Yeah. And um, that's basically it. it. That is basically it. That's basically it. Uh, it's, um, it does beg the question, how is Gary Sinise in Mission Space? Well, how is he in Mission Space? Do you have a theory? You've ridden it more recently than me. I so have. Um, what, what's your take on this? My take is that it was based... Is it an alternate reality version oh, of Gary Sinise? I'm saying it was set before the film. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a good shout. Because um, you're technically during... In the Mission Space Ride, you're uh, in a... You are literally in a simulator. Yeah. You're not actually going to Mars. No. Like, that's part of the storyline. So, it's like you're, test, you're getting prepared to go on... Up with Don Cheadle, basically. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't get picked. It's a shame, um, but then stuff goes wrong, and Don, and then now Gary Sinise has to go save them. Obviously, Gary Sinise is no longer with us. He's gone to uh, the Milky Way, the Milky Way somewhere, which is why they had to reshoot the uh, pre-show. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can totally buy that theory. Yeah, great. So, who's in the new pre-show then? Some guy I've never seen. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, and that's Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's Mission to Mars. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, 
Not great. It was just, um, yes, at times visually spectacular, although very evocative of 2001. Super. And super. Uh, in like, a way that... kind of similar story beats. Yeah. It, it was... It was. I could appreciate a sci-fi film that isn't all sort of crash, bang, wallop. We're going to fight aliens. We're exploring uncharted worlds and all that stuff. It, it, it wanted to be relatively grounded, I think. And But, um, like I said earlier, I just feel like uh, for this film to work, you, you really needed um, more interesting characters. Yeah, I think so. They were all very two-dimensional to me. Some of the dialogue was just awful. And basically, the scenes on which they are you are getting to know them, whether that's at the very beginning where you see them all back on Earth uh, enjoying a party or when they are bonding before the uh, whirlwind or when they're bonding on the rescue ship or whenever it might be Yeah. throughout the course of the film. None of those scenes really did a lot for me. So beyond the shock value of the nature of the deaths, which, as we've said, were almost uh, unbelievably brutal... Um, they didn't really affect me in a in a great way. It, that is, and... it's bizarre how serious them deaths mm. are because they are well not serious I guess but graphic graphic because yeah. compared to the rest of the film there, I think the film generally has a, a, a reasonably positive sort of vibe yeah. and, and message that it wants to I'm gonna go know, explore con- shit conduct yeah you know it, it's quite wholesome I don't think it's a cynical film at all but. Yeah, those death scenes do sort of feel quite out of place. They're not really um, poignant, I, w- I would say. They're, they're, they're shocking in a way that doesn't really jive with the rest of it. That's yeah. why they're shocking. But even the, um, even the scene where the death has a bit more build-up, Tim Robbins' death, yeah. him saying goodbye to his partner... Uh, even that, I almost feel like was undermined a little bit by showing Tim Robbins' face and being all like buggered up and frozen and horrible. <laughs> you almost feel like I mean, at the I don't time, need to see that. At the Him time, floating off into space, there's a nice sh- wide shot. At the time, of, you didn't think they were going to show it, and you went bottled it. Yeah, well, I did. I did. Like, the, the, there's a sick part of of all of us, Josh, and the sick, twisted side of me was like, I want to see this nasty face but you've but, regrouped but, but, now. Then I, but now I've thought over it and I'm thinking actually no maybe I didn't need to see that and there was a nice wide shot of her uh, of the two of them the, the distance between them growing greater and the um, the, the, the grapple hook yeah, thing that she'd shot out floating. Was floating back towards her and it hadn't been long enough to reach him and I thought oh you know that's a nice panning shot you know nice swelling music leave it there it's fine and then it, pans back and as I say you look like an eraser full facial <laughs> yeah just full on face look at this man he's the end of a pencil oh god and uh, I thought that was a little um, yeah I'm not sure about that not sure about that so I thought yeah the overall tone was a little bit undermined by the nature of the deaths yes, which didn't I feel did all sense. that earned to me really but um, um, it was okay. It wasn't. A, it was no by no means atrocious. I, I'm not going to tell anyone that they should go and watch it. I think it's um, it's not offensively bad at all in the same way that some of these theme park films have been. So that was going to be my next but question. That in a way, is why I found it almost more dull than anything. That was going to be my next question. Obviously, we have gone through every single one that we know is out. 
and yes. available to find. Yes, we watch. are not doing the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels because as far as we are concerned, only the first one yeah. is really inspired and based on that yes. original ride. And from that point, the sequels are obviously sequels to the film and the forging their own path. What is your favourite film based on a ride? Well, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Kind of, I don't see all where the <laughs> serious competition is coming from. No, there. yeah, absolutely. Um, what is your worst? Well, I think worst has got to be... I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just do a quick recap. Because you say... This that's, is, that's what I, thought. I was like, the best is going to be pretty easy. Well, this is the last one we're going to be doing for a while. Because as you say, this is the last one that we are aware of that exists. Yeah. We await with bated breath. Yeah. The Jungle Cruise, yes. which unfortunately is not due for release until 2020. No. Um, we are, I think, inter- we are deliberating with a, whether... Mr. Wonder- Johnson in it. With Mr. Johnson, absolutely. Does Wonder Park, which released earlier this year, does that qualify for this? It's not quite yeah. in the same spirit of what we were going for, which yeah. were movies based on theme park rides. Email us and let us know Maybe whether that counts. Maybe you should let us know if yeah. Wonder Park counts, which is a film about a Podcast theme park at rather than a- a film about a thing that was once a theme park. But, yeah. um the worst of the bunch, I, I guess objectively speaking, it's got to be the Country Bears, but I can't deny that I was entertained at points. Okay, yeah. So if I think of, if I think of the perfect combination of I thought this was really bad and I wasn't particularly entertained, it's probably the Tower of Terror. It's understandable. Um, I mean, the Haunted Mansion is also bad, but I have some sort of weird nostalgia for it because I saw it at the cinema and... I, there are there are moments in it that I, I can appreciate as a fan of the ride. I like the um, but the Tower of Terror the, really doesn't do much for me at all. The quartet out in the graveyard I appreciate in sure. Haunted Mansion. Sure, um, I have a certain um, I don't know l- appreciation for Tower of Terror in a way because there's a um, I guess family history there with that film. I guess um, there was a time when we came off Tower of Terror. And mum was like, I want to buy the film because I know there's a film. And then we're like, can we, where, where's the film? Do you have it anywhere in the shop? At the Terror Terror shop. And they're like, what film? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember seeing it in the Terror Terror shop this was, in years gone by. Uh, and it's, it's obscenely priced. <laughs> yeah. So the film came out in 97. Mm. We went in 98. So, and it would have, it was a straight to TV movie. So, right. Uh, probably wasn't. Thing Were DVDs even a thing back No, then? it would have been VHS, and they wouldn't. And I don't think they really put out TV movies in America, particularly. Maybe not. Maybe so. not. Because one of my favourite things, just thinking about DVD releases, um, in our sort of pre-film research going into Mission to Mars, I looked it up on IMDb just to look at the user reviews. Uh, it hadn't reviewed well on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. It's, me. it's in the low 30s, I think, on both websites. User review wise on IMDb, it's done a little better. I think it's in oh. the mid five range. And um, there was one review that said, oh, It's visually spectacular. You simply must watch it in widescreen on DVD. Uh, don't compromise. <laughs> and it's from like 2002. Oh. I was like, Oh, yeah. Widescreen DVDs were once the peak of yeah. home entertainment. I remember uh, widescreen VHS. Really? Was that a thing? That was a thing. Wow. Yeah. Because I have Star Wars. Well, I don't know if I still have it, but I had Star Wars I Episode had, 1, The Phantom Menace on widescreen. I had the um, original Star Wars movies, but the re-releases right. on VHS. Oh, yeah. No, we had the original, but I had the Phantom Menace in widescreen. 
Did I have the Phantom Menace on VHS? Maybe I did. What's the first DVD that you owned? Um, I think mine was the... So, how it came into my possession, a bit strange. So, my grandparents had a DVD player before we did. Yeah. I believe my uncle, so their son, bought one for them one Christmas. This probably was maybe 99, 2000, something like that. Yeah. One of the DVDs that he got them to go with it was the... Matthew Broderick Godzilla, which they would then give to me. Wow. Um, so I think that was the first DVD yeah. that I owned. I would have been like six or seven. Well, because I, so I, I would say liked that film when I, I got was a, a child. DVD player quite late, I guess. Mm. I was still rocking VHS for a while. Right. Um, my so that I had the first Harry Potter on videotape. Okay. But subsequent ones on DVD. Right. Was that too late? My aunt got me the first Harry Potter on some pirated DVD because she wow. lives and works in Hong Kong. Of course. And came back one Christmas with the... Like, my nan had been out there to see her as well. So for Christmas from the two of them, I think they both thought they were being really generous. Well, I got some blatantly illegal version of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone <laughs> with a terrible cover that looks like it had been printed off some porn parody oh, website. Excellent. Um, and like the printer was clearly low on ink as well because it was all washed out and horrible. <laughs> and then this really fake bootleg iPod. Brilliant. My nan clearly thought was, oh, I've got my grandson an iPod, and it was like 2002, so it was like these are like fresh. A big deal, yeah. Wow. Um, and yeah, it wasn't really an iPod at all. <laughs> so that was, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, I want to. I said I had this. <laughs> first, I had the, off topic. I had the first Shrek on video. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Shrek, yeah, Shrek was good, wasn't it? Yeah. And like Shrek. I said, Phantom Menace on video, but then Clone Wars I had on, or oh, Attack of the Clones I had on DVD. Well, I mean, a film of that quality <laughs> simply demands widescreen DVD <laughs> course, yeah. viewing. I really, pre- I really liked Cl- uh, Attack of the Clones at the time because I liked the big war at the end, right? Because I'm a big, I just like, I like the clones. I like into war. battle. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, so. I bought Black Down on 4K. Blu-ray, it's the first 4K Blu-ray I've bought, so... Fair enough. Uh, Understandable. Sums up my life. Understandable. Well, um, that's going to do it for Mission to Mars, (laughs) and for the time being, the Theme Park Film Review Series. Yes. Thanks for tuning in to these episodes over the last few months. Um, Hope you've enjoyed them. Uh, Hope you don't find yourself ever watching most of these films, but if you do, you can, of course, let us know what you think of them. Please. Uh, podcast at parkrush.com yeah. or you can tweet the two of us at T.E. Acres for myself. Uh, Josh, you are? Uh, W-O-P-R underscore Josh. Excellent. Like, catch, me off, catch me out every time we do that now. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us on Instagram. It's at Parkrush Podcast. You can find every episode at parkrush.com. There's also, if you head over there, a, a Theme Park Film Review playlist. So if you have uh, missed any of our theme park film reviews, there's a handy playlist there where you can catch up on the six or seven or so that we have now done. Uh, And as I say, episode eight, Jungle Cruise to come sometime in 2020, whenever that film comes out. Exciting times. And um, I think that'll just about do it. You can, of course, subscribe as well on your favourite podcasting app if you would rather do that. So Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Park Rush Podcast. Until then, take it easy. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.